Welcome to your dog cast, where we feature news just for dog lovers. Here's your Rover reporter, Mary Lou Davidson. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Mary Lou Davidson. I'm your Rover reporter. Today, we are joined with someone who is really an anomaly. She's a rare bird. She had an original idea. You know, it's not often you come across a business or a person who has an idea that you haven't heard before, but here we are. And we're joined by Cheryl Brady. She's the founder of Vet Care Express, the animal ambulance. How are you, Cheryl? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I wanted to get the word out as if people don't already know, because you're so well revered here in this town. But uh, for people who don't know about Vet Care Express, tell us a little bit about how you got the idea to start an animal ambulance. It's funny because when the idea came back to me again, it it dawned on me. I had actually written a paper about this back in college 35 years ago or 37 years ago now, whatever it was. But uh, I I just think um, the idea has always been in me. Like I said, I, I wrote that paper. It was for a sociology class. But back in those times, you know, veterinary medicine was, um, you know, was necessary, but it wasn't nearly the industry that it is now. So uh, it, the paper got a very good um, grade. But, you know, again, they didn't think that it was a feasible plan back then when in, in my mind, I was it just completely made sense to me. It kind of always has made sense to me. So, so is that for a business class that you wrote it? It's actually for a sociology class. Okay. So I'm trying to remember what the assignment was, but I, I, I think it was to create a business that we, we thought would be good for society and that could make a difference. So, and I, I was a pre-vet student at the time. So, um, you know, it just, it just made so much sense to me. I, in my mind, um, Pets need, they need that extra bit of help and, and all the assistance that they can get. And, you know, us as humans, obviously, we do as well. But pets are completely dependent on that kind of thing. They, they need our help. And what we found through the years is uh, pet owners, um, you know, they're just so grateful that, that there's somebody to help them. What, no matter, we do, we do all kinds of things, whether it's simply catching and craving a cat or whether it's handling a 300 pound dog down three flights of stairs. You know, we've, we've done just about everything in the over 14,000 transports that we've had in, in 10, you know, 10 and a half years. So, but in terms of starting the business, it always kind of been in me. I've been in many different types of industries. And then one day, you know, I was getting a little bit more frustrated with corporate America and just feeling, not so much corporate America, but just feeling like, um, yeah, I had a great job. I was doing a great job for my clients, um, but I, I didn't feel like I was quite in the right place. I, I felt like I was here to do something and make a difference. And I, I just couldn't quite figure it out. I was also a volunteer firefighter at the time. And I felt close in that. I really liked and enjoyed that, but I didn't feel like that was it, you know, that that was what God had me on the earth to do, you so know? You were looking for something more. And I was looking for something. I, I just kept feeling that I wasn't serving the purpose that I was here for. That, that was, it was a nagging. I kind of always had that in the background, um, but I, 
you know, you go on, you go in corporate America, you're you're just living like everybody else is, you know, living every day from day to day. And I had had great corporate jobs and I was always very successful, but I just didn't, you know, it wasn't about the money. I made, you know, I made, you know, playing money and it wasn't, but that's, that isn't, I just always felt like there was something more, you know, I, I don't, I just didn't feel like, okay, we're here to make as most, the most money that we can, you know, relax on our weekends and then go back and make the most money. I just didn't feel that wasn't me. I felt like I was here, you know, for something else. And I was trying to find that. So in your work as a volunteer firefighter, was there much training or attention paid to, you know, what to do if you found a pet in distress? No, not really. You know, not, not really in terms, I mean, I knew that we would, we would go in for pets. I mean, we were trained that and taught that and trained what to look for. And, you know, when, when you come up on a scene, you know, and you're trying to find that everybody get out, you know, could there be any pets? I mean, we would always go look for them. It was that, that was a, um, uh, priority, but, and we did have on our trucks, we, you know, we were ahead of the times, I think, because we did already have pet oxygen masks on the trucks and oxygen, but that's, that's kind of where that stopped, you know, and they're not, they can't leave a scene to transport a pet. I mean, we still have these issues today, you know, which is where we get called to the scenes now because we're trained and equipped to do those things. So then something else happened and the light bulb came back about animal ambulance. Yeah, I, I was in my office one day and I'm still, you know, and I was looking through different things. Of, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. And I was in my office doing my corporate work and, um, and the phone rings and my, uh, my dear friend had hit a dog and she's in hysterics. And luckily I was close by. I'm like, where are you? You know, let me come help. And I went out to the scene and the whole time that I'm driving there, I'm like, okay, how can I carefully handle the dog? Where can I put it? You know, how am I going to be able to help both her and the dog? Well, unfortunately, by the time I got there, um, uh, the dog had been killed on impact. He ran up under the tires of a truck um, and he was a stray dog and animal services had already gotten him and taken him away. So so I'm talking to my friend, I'm trying to calm her and, uh, and I get to the end of the street and I'm like, okay, well, you know, when I'm leaving, coming back home, I'm like, well, if I got a dog in the backseat, you know, where could I have taken it? And literally, I mean, literally, you say light bulbs, literally light bulbs went off, starting to cry thinking about it now, but um, the light bulbs went off and I'm like, Oh, is that what you've been trying to tell me? Is that what I was supposed to do? And I, I just knew, you know, it was one of these epiphany moments. So I, I come home and I start Googling. I'm like, you know, I'm going to start working. I'm going to start, um, I'm going to look for who has that and how to, how to start one of those and what to do. And I was just, I mean, I was floored. I was shocked that that didn't exist just completely shocked you know i i googled it i found in um i think in england they have one they have a pet ambulance at least at that time they did uh but i just i just assumed that that already existed and i just wasn't aware of it and didn't know i just thought it was another career you know yeah. so um didn't find it anywhere and you know, my friend was just completely distraught, but I was just, I just told her, um, you know, this, this is going to work 
for a good. You know, you we're going to be able to help so many pets this way, and he's he that dog is not going to have died in vain. You know, right. and I just I just knew that. I just there wasn't any. You know, well, maybe I shouldn't, or maybe it's, you know, I had a lot of that because, you know, here I was at the top of my career and, um, you took a big risk. I it took a huge risk. I mean, everybody thought I was crazy. Everybody thought I was crazy. My cl- closest friends, closest family, everybody thought I was crazy. So, but I just knew, and I just, and then, you know, right after the light bulbs and the tears, here comes that thought from right field that says, you you wrote a paper about this 35 years ago, you big dummy, you know, literally down to the big dummy, you know? So I just knew that, that that's what I was supposed to do. I'd been praying a lot. I had been, um, you know, I get inspirational calendars where you have a new saying every day. And I kept being, it just felt like I was, I just kept being like, um, tortured or teased, you know, I would get one that said, if you allow, if you allow the clouds to part, your way will become clear. And if you allow, you know, whatever. And it it, it just went right. on for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, okay, you're going to have to slow me down because I'm just not getting it, you know? And then, and then this happened and I just knew. So I, you know, I stayed in my corporate job for another two years, but every, every waking second, I I was doing research. I was interviewing emergency hospitals, veterinary emergency hospitals. You know, hey, what do you think about this idea? What do you, you know, I just, yeah, I did all the background work, um, you know, right down to my first van. You remember my first van, you know, I, in my mind, I'm like, well, it's, it has to be tall enough for us to be able to work comfortably in it, to be able to have stretchers and gurneys and all the proper equipment and you know but I hadn't seen such a van yet and then right there I was heading to a meeting right there one of them passes me I'm like what is that I'd never seen one before so you know the good old sprinter van but um it just every everything from that point on just you know it just came together because I just knew it was what I was supposed to do and it, it's not easy. It, it, it never has been. The, it's not even easy now, you know, because there's always, yeah. you know, owning your own business. It's, you know, there's always going to be something. So it was about, so it was about, two, it was about, it was two, about two years, years between, between the second flight call and yeah. maybe taking your first call. Yeah. Um, I also realized that I didn't feel like, this was something, you know, it's an emergency service and I wanted it from day one to operate, operate like a human ambulance. So I knew I couldn't do it halfway, so to speak. There was no way this could be a side hustle. No, no. And I, you know, so basically I'm walking away from a very high paying job, you know, knowing this is what I'm supposed to do and hoping that I can make it work somehow, you know, and nobody had even heard of it. So I had to talk to everybody, show everybody, you know, just do all the work and then hope that the, the calls would start coming and that the need would be there, you know, because I, I knew the need was there, but people have to realize, you know, that you're there in the first place. And here's a perfect example. And this was um, Thanksgiving morning and 
he was visiting his son. He was at, he was from out of state and he was visiting his son up, up in Winter Haven and his little Yorkie had a crisis. Her trachea had collapsed and she was in really, really bad crisis. And she was in a, an emergency at critical care center up in, in the Winter Haven area. So he, he called and, and, and I'm like, well, he wanted me to go to Gainesville. And I said, well, we're not, we're really, I mean, that's a long, long way. And we're really not equipped to be able to do such a thing. And I asked him why Gainesville. And he says, well, this critical care center said they're the only ones that can perform the surgery that she needed. And she, I mean, you know, within 24 hours, if she hadn't had that surgery, she, she wouldn't have survived. She was that critical. So I, I said, well, have you tried this hospital? It's a lot closer. It's in Tampa. And he didn't, he didn't even know about it. The critical care center didn't even know about it. Well, he calls me back and he says, they'll take her. They said they can do the surgery as soon as you can get up here and take her over there. You know, so we took our equipment and our oxygen box that I created and, and, you know, we ran her over there and, and by the next morning she's going home and, you know, she lived another five years after that. So, but I asked him that the tie back to the story and, and the reason uh, I, this jumped in my mind is because I asked him, I said, how did you, uh, how'd you hear about us? And this was in the, it wasn't the earliest days of Google, but I mean, Google hadn't been around that long, you know, prior to that, we were all in the white pages and yellow pages, right? So, um, but he Googled, He's trying to think. He's like, well, you know, if if my partner had this kind of issue, who would I call? Who, you know, what would I look up? You know, and he said, you know, an, an ambulance, you know. So he Googled animal ambulance and, and up we popped, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's those kinds of things that, that know that it, that make you know that, you know, it's all worth it and that we're, um, like I said, after that first one, we'll, we'll make it right. I mean, you know, we, we have, that comes back to us quite often. You know, we've, we've helped save a lot of lives in the, in, you know, in the 11 years we've been doing this, 10 and a half years we've been doing this. So. So gratifying. Oh, good. every day is gratifying. But, you know, whether we're, again, whether we're helping create a cat, you know, cause you know, because somebody is moving and simply can't get their cat and they're afraid of it. And, you know, but the, the, how thankful they are that we just, that we were able to do that even. Sure. Um, you talked a little bit about an oxygen box that you had created inside the van. Tell me a little bit about, you know, you've got a big red truck now, a former county ambulance. Tell me a little bit about what it's like in there and the kinds of things that you can offer as support. Yeah, yeah, we have one of uh, Sarasota County's uh, retired um, critical care ambulances, one of the big ones. So, you know, um, I wanted to be able to show people that's that's what we do. We're doing the same as human ambulances are, are doing. Um, but of course, the, the people equipment, you know, doesn't work for the pets, you know, um, in the best manner. So, so whenever I get a new big red ambulance like that, I, um, you know, we kind of cut it up and <laughs> take out certain seatings and take out certain things and retrofit it so that we have all the proper equipment um, specifically for the dogs, cats, 
pigs, whatever it is that we're handling on goats, whatever it is we're handling on a certain day. So uh, we, you know, we've got um, a stretcher. It's similar to a human stretcher, but this this stretcher and gurney, when you it, just like a human stretcher, when you put it into the ambulance, the legs all go down automatically, fold down, so that whoever's sitting with the pet, if there's ever a pet on the stretcher and gurney, there's always an attendant with it, so whoever's sitting with it can can comfort it, comfort the pet, and and keep it nice and calm. The last thing we want to do is uh, create more stress, you know, for any patient that we have. So this stretcher and gurney ac accomplishes just that. All we have to do is, and it's two pieces, so the stretcher we can get on the ground so that we can either have a towel under the patient that scooches right onto the stretcher or we can just scooch it onto the stretcher without having to overhandle it. I mean, we get a lot of spinal patients, you know, for a hit by car or a dog has slipped a disc or they just had surgery, whatever the case may be. So our job is to, to not cause more stress, you know, handle them as carefully and compassionately as possible, get them on the stretcher, get that on the gurney, and then wheel the gurney into the ambulance. And so then one of the most valuable things you have in the back of the, the truck, if you will, is really that person who's been trained can keep the stress level down. And I'm assuming most everybody knows CPR on your truck. Oh, absolutely. That's a that's the minimum amount of training. They all know pet CPR, first aid, what to look for. Um, we have oxy, pet oxygen masks, oxygen, so that, you know, if they're on the if they're on the gurney, we can, you know, just, just like with humans, we can pack them with the oxygen bottle and, and a pet oxygen mask. Um, keep it on them the whole time. We mentioned the oxygen box. Um, as you can imagine, cats are not so keen about oxygen masks. So cats, I developed an oxygen box. And I, I got that idea from watching, uh, you know, special um, surgeons that would would have special oxygen boxes, much smaller, but for a very temporary um time frame like within a hospital I said well that it'd be great if we could create something like that uh, for the ambulance and that that piece of equipment alone has you know again helped save um, just thousands of pets I mean cats with heart disease heart issues respiratory issues um, you know smoke inhalation you know and little dogs anything under about 20 pounds can go in that and and we sustain them very, uh, I mean, just very comfortably, very well. Some sometimes better than some of the big cages and hospitals do, just because of the size of it and the, the amount of oxygen that they can get. And we give them. This is all that pet owners want, right? They want to know that they did the best for their pet and they were able to do every single thing that they could. So those kinds of pets, obviously, we're going to a specialist or a critical care center, or we're giving those pets every opportunity to survive or to get to the next, next specialist or to get that next level of care. Whereas if, if, if we weren't there in the interim, you know, an owner would have to be making a horrible decision or, um, or be making a white knuckle drive somewhere with a pet that's, you know, critical condition on them. So that's, 
between hospitals, that's, uh, you know, that, that's really, you just can't put a, a value on that. We've been able to give so many pet owners the opportunity to help their pets, you know, survive to get to the right place. Yeah, so you really so, have a fighting chance. So yeah. Talk, yeah, so we talked a little bit about the evolution of um, veterinary care from when you thought about this the first time until now. How long do you think it'll be until you can actually have the siren on the top of your ambulance? Uh, oh, um, you know, I don't know. And I, do I think that's going to happen? Yeah, at some point in time. Do I think ambulances are going to be everywhere? And that this has been part of my goal. And I, I do get calls all the way, you know, from all across the country. Um, I think it should be the norm. It makes so much sense. I get so many calls. I get, you know, I don't get the you know, you're a crazy cook look anymore, you know, people are like, well, who would have known, you know, it, it just makes so much sense to so many people all throughout the country. Um, and, and I think at some point in time, you know, the veterinary industry now is, it's just booming, you know, I mean, it was shown through the pandemic and um, it grew, there's been articles out there, I mean, it's growing immensely. Some of our local hospitals are having trouble keeping, you know, enough people in just because it's grown so quickly. Uh, I forget what the number is, but it's, it's substantial. It's, it's a big number that they're expecting the industry to grow. So I can see this as being, um, like, like around here, it's, it's kind of the norm now. Everybody knows all the, all the, Vet hospitals know, hey, let's just call Cheryl. Let's see if we can get her up here. Let's, you know, your ERs know. Um, you know, I, I just think it should be a normal part of the whole process. And, I, and I've seen it in other places, and I've gotten calls from people all across the country. So I know that that process is happening. Uh, and, I, you know, when the communities and people get together and say, hey, there should be some type of, you know, lights, a different type of light, maybe white lights or whatever the case may be so that we can, um, you know, get the pets there sooner or people just know, hey, we do have an emergency here. And I mean, there are a lot of people that that'll ask us, you know, as we're driving along, do you have somebody on board? And we'll say yes. And everybody, you know, everybody's all for, you know, getting out of the way. So um, maybe at some point in time, but I would love, to, love for it to be you know, a normal part of, uh, of, of the whole industry. Yeah, there's such an essential part of our ecosystem uh, for physical and mental health that they need to be recognized and shown the same amount of respect and dignity. Um, absolutely. In my opinion. Oh, so absolutely. And, I, and I, I think that's coming. It's just, you know, like with anything, it's it's slow, you know, it's like with anything else. Um, you know, you, you saw the, the petition this last week about the condo and, you know, so people were a lot more aware as a society of our pets and they, they, they hold a much higher um, place in our society. I think than they ever have. And I think exponentially that's, that's grown very, very quickly. Right. You mentioned that you're getting calls from other places, from folks who want to start their own animal ambulance. Do you have plans to expand Vet Care Express beyond where you are right now? 
Yeah, I I would love to do that. So, you know, what the right formula is, you know, is still and on there. There's there's several different ways um, that that can be done. I, I want to do it in, of course, nothing's an automatic success. But I my my importance is not so much how do I benefit from it and make money from, it. you know, that's that's the way a lot of people look at it, that's not mine. Mine is, I, okay, I want this to be a standard. I want this to be the standard. So who who do I work with? Who are our partners? Who, uh, you know, how do we go about making sure that that part of it is successful, you know? And, and to me, the the other parts are, are you know, just come along with it. But it, it's really the fact that I want the type of service to be successful. Now, part of it, and some of it's my fault, is I, I like being on the truck and being a part of it and helping and doing. I, I don't want to get off the ambulance. So um, so it, it's going that part of it, the expansion and the making it a standard part of veterinary care, um, being slower than I would like it to be. It's probably my fault because I'm always on the ambulance, you know, doing the work. So That's what we love about you, Cheryl. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what I love to do. Yeah. Uh, if I'm handing my pet to anybody, I want it to be you. But yeah, well, thank you for that. But, you know, people ask, what are your weaknesses? That's my weakness is that I, I want to be on the on the ambulance all the time rather than doing the administrative and business part of it. And that's OK. You know, that's yeah, OK. For so. sure. Well, hey, thanks so much for filling us in about your business, about how it got started and all the things that you can provide to pets and really people in need. So Cheryl Brady, founder of Vet Care Express, you can find them online at vetcareexpress.com.